Hachette Audio presents Catch and Kill. Lies, spies, and a conspiracy to protect predators. Written and read by Ronan Farrow. For Jonathan. Author's Note. Catch and Kill is based on two years of reporting. It draws on interviews with more than 200 sources, as well as hundreds of pages of contracts, emails, and texts, and dozens of hours of audio. It was subjected to the same standard of fact-checking as the New Yorker stories on which it is based. All of the dialogue in the book is drawn directly from contemporaneous accounts and records. Because this is a story about surveillance, third parties often witnessed or surreptitiously recorded conversations, and I was sometimes able to obtain their testimonials and records. I adhered to legal and ethical standards when creating my own recordings. Most of the sources you will meet here have allowed me to use their full names. Some, however, remain unable to do so due to fear of legal reprisal or because of threats to their physical safety. In those instances, the code names used for the sources during the reporting process have been used here. I reached out to all of the key figures in Catch and Kill prior to publication to offer them an opportunity to respond to any allegations being made about them. If they agreed to speak, the narrative reflects their responses. If they did not, a good-faith effort was made to include existing public statements. Catch and Kill takes place between late 2016 and early 2019. It contains descriptions of sexual violence that some listeners may find upsetting or traumatic. Prologue The two men sat in a corner at Nargis Café, an Uzbek and Russian restaurant in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn. It was late 2016 and cold. The place was done up with tchotchkes from the steps and ceramic depictions of peasant life. Grandmas and babushkas, farmers with sheep. One of the men was Russian, the other Ukrainian. But this was a distinction without a difference. Both were children of the disintegrating Soviet Union. They looked to be in their mid-thirties. Roman Haken, the Russian, was short and thin and bald, with a quarrelsome snub nose and dark eyes. Everything else about him was pale. Eyebrows barely there, face bloodless, bald scalp slick and shining. He was originally from Kislovodsk, which literally translates to sour waters. His eyes darted around the room, ever suspicious. Igor Ostrovsky, the Ukrainian, was taller and a little fat. He had curly hair that got unruly when he let it grow. He and his family had fled to the United States in the early 90s. Like Haken, he was always looking for an angle. He was also curious, meddlesome. During high school, he'd suspected that several classmates were selling stolen credit card numbers, probed until he proved it, then helped law enforcement disrupt the operation. Haken and Ostrovsky spoke in accented English enlivened with native idioms. Krasavchik, Haken would say, a word derived from handsome, but in practice serving as praise for talent or a job well done. Both men were in the business of subterfuge and surveillance, when Ostrovsky had found himself between private investigation jobs in 2011, he'd Googled Russian private investigators and emailed Haken cold to ask for work. Haken had liked Ostrovsky's chutzpah and started hiring him for surveillance jobs. Then they'd argued about Haken's methods and drifted apart. As plates of kebab arrived, Haken explained how far he'd been pushing the envelope since they'd last worked together. A new and shadowy client had come into the picture, 
an enterprise he wouldn't name that was utilizing him as a subcontractor. He was doing big business. I mean to some cool shit, some dark stuff. He'd adopted some new methods, too. He could get bank records and unauthorized credit reports. He had ways of obtaining a phone's geolocation data to track unsuspecting targets. He described how much the phone hijinks cost, a few thousand dollars for the usual approach to the problem, with cheaper options for gullible marks and more expensive ones for those who proved elusive. Haken said he'd already used the tactic successfully in a case where one family member had hired him to find another. Ostrovsky figured Haken was full of shit, but Ostrovsky needed the work, and Haken, it turned out, needed more manpower to serve his mysterious new patron. Before parting ways, Ostrovsky asked about the phone tracking again. Isn't that illegal? He wondered. Eh, said Haken. On a tiled wall nearby, a blue and white evil eye hung on a string, watching. 